Hey, you are listening to Daily Discoveries, and this is Oscar. And this is Sanjana. This is the podcast where we discuss scientific articles weekly from the science section of the Daily. So this week, me and Sanjana are going to talk about gene therapy. I'm going to give a brief history about it, and then Sanjana is going to talk about gene therapy to create a treatment for hemophilia. Yes, and I will briefly introduce that as well. But so, what exactly is gene therapy? Well, it is used to treat diseases that are caused by faulty genes by replacing or counteracting the non-functioning gene. The field of gene therapy was actually on the brink of extinction in the early 2000s, and this was because of some scary cases involving a teenager that died and a couple cases of leukemia in another trial. Yet researchers that were very enthusiastic about gene therapy such as Richard Samolsky from the the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill had to disguise their research as biological nanoparticles in order to not get criticism for continuing to work on gene therapies despite their dangers. Other researchers adapted in other ways in order to continue the research on gene therapies. And because of these researchers' enthusiasm for gene therapy and their will to not stop researching the field, now we have nine gene therapies that are now available worldwide and have been FDA approved and approved by other international drug agencies. And there are actually 200 ongoing clinical trials. But How did we get there and how were these gene therapies initially discovered and when? Well, in the 1960s, we found proteins in bacteria that can cut DNA, and these proteins were called restriction enzymes. Then, in the 1970s, we found a virus called SV40 that could deliver genetic material into target cells. This virus, however, was unreliable because it usually inserted desired DNA fragments in the wrong place, causing them to become cancerous. So researchers started to hunt for better vectors. Vectors being the virus that is used to carry the gene that will be inserted into the human genome. So then all the way until 1989 and 1990 there were two initial clinical trials, one for melanoma and one for an autoimmune disorder called SCID, which leaves children locked in a bubble in the hospital, which is very terrifying because of this very severe autoimmune disease where if they get sick they They died. So for these initial clinical trials, they used retroviruses vectors, and retroviruses being viruses that have their genetic information in RNA, but once they insert themselves into the human genome, they convert their RNA into DNA. For like the coronavirus, for example. However, these trials had limited limited success because the inserted gene would only last for weeks before the body recognized it as non-self and destroyed it. Then, Samolsky, as I mentioned earlier, discovered a hopeful vector. This vector was called AAV, and it was hopeful because it inserted the gene permanently into the DNA without the human body recognizing it as non-self and destroying it. And this virus itself did not cause disease. As Samolsky furthered his research, this vector became very popular and researchers requested this vector highly. and it began to be used in clinical trials. It was just about to be ready to be used in humans with hemophilia. 
after being successful in many animals, then Jesse Gelsinger died in 1999. This death of an otherwise healthy individual sparked controversy and investigations by the FDA and halted the hemophilia and other gene therapy trials. Then 20 kids in Europe in a SCID trial developed leukemia. One died because the inserted gene integrated next to a cancer-causing gene. The effects of these horrifying events caused trials and research to become limited. But, as I said earlier, enthusiastic researchers continued their work, and parents of kids with these incurable genetic diseases became desperate with no other hope, and they asked they would go to researchers and ask them to save their child. And eventually, lots of parents started putting a lot of money into this research, despite its dangers. So you might ask, when did these gene therapies begin working? Because now we have gene therapies in the market. Well, in 2010, another AAV virus, the same one that caused such catastrophe earlier, was discovered. And it was effective and safe. And then in 2017, seven years later, the FDA approved the AAV gene therapy. After that, lots of money went into clinical trials and research, and other vectors and other approaches to gene therapy were discovered. Then in late 2021, there were 46 gene therapies in the final phase three stage of clinical trials, including the therapy for hemophilia that I mentioned earlier. And then in the same year, over 1,000 220 gene therapy clinical trials were aiming to enroll 90,000 patients worldwide. And in the future, the FDA and European medicine agencies predict that they will approve 10 to 20 gene and cell therapies, therapies that transplant cells, whether genetically modified or not, into a patient's body as a treatment per year by the year 2025. So do you know why specifically there was so much fear around gene therapy in the beginning? Because I'm sure there's other treatments with like severe side effects. So why were people like specifically afraid of gene therapy? I think it was just this death of this teenager, Jesse Gelsinger. Um, it kind of shocked the world because he was otherwise a very healthy teenager that volunteered in this clinical trial to help others with the same genetic disease and he passed away because of basically a viral infection. So I also found an article from Science News called a gene therapy for hemophilia boosts levels of a clotting protein. So with gene therapy there may be a one-time treatment available for men with hemophilia in the future. So hemophilia is a genetic disorder that interferes with the body's ability to form blood clots. Hemophilia A is the most common type of hemophilia, and it's a disorder that is inherited. In hemophilia A, there is a gene that codes for the blood clotting protein called factor VIII, and mutations in this gene lead to less of this protein being made. And this gene is found on the X chromosome, so it affects males more commonly than females, and in the United States, for every 100,000 males, 12 have hemophilia A. So this is a new study which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and they found that after providing one infusion of the gene therapy to 132 men who had a severe form of hemophilia A, 88% of them later had factor VIII levels that were high enough that they were determined to have a mild form of the disease or no disease at all. 
This treatment is also much more convenient than the current standard treatment in which patients have to receive an infusion of factor VIII every two to three days, which means they would have to receive more than 150 treatments a year. However, recently an antibody treatment was created, but this still has to be taken once every week. And what makes the gene therapy different is that instead of infusing factor VIII, they infuse the genetic instructions for producing factor VIII through a virus. And the liver uses this these instructions to make the protein. However, there are still some concerns with the gene therapy treatment, one being that it didn't work for all the participants and also most of the participants experienced a side effect in that they had increased levels of a liver enzyme that signals inflammation and this had to be treated with immunosuppressants. Researchers also don't know how long the treatment will stay in effect. They followed 17 of the participants for two years and they found that by the second year, they had decreased levels of factor VIII compared to, compared to the previous year. However, this cannot be solved by providing the gene therapy again, as it would cause an immune response and lead to more side effects. And so more research is required in limiting the side effects and providing a long-term effect. That's very interesting. So if I am kind of recalling all this information that we've gathered today, I think a pattern that I'm noticing is that there are two problems with gene therapies involving viruses as vectors. One being that the virus is of course a virus and may cause disease. And two, that the inserted gene, when inserted over time, the body may recognize it as non-self and destroy it. Or three, actually. A third reason could be that it inserts it in the wrong place and then it could cause tons of problems such as cancer. Yeah, so the problem, the main problem with gene therapy is that there's a lot of side effects and the side effects can be kind of very severe. So, yeah. And I think coming back to what you asked me earlier, that is kind of a reason people are sort of scared when it comes to gene therapies. Yeah. But then again, these, these genetic diseases don't really have another choice, especially the really severe ones. There's yeah. no real other option for them. Okay, that's all from us today. Thank you for listening to Daily Discoveries.